Welcome to The Unfiltered Map. I'm Elizabeth Lewis, and alongside some of my dearest friends, we've created the show so women have a space to have unfiltered, extremely raw, and insanely real conversations. Nothing is off limits here. This space is for moms who want to talk about everything, to dive into conversations we all deeply desire to have, but fear what others may think of us. This is your invitation to pull up a seat in a judgment-free zone and have a little heart-to-heart. Now, let's get unfiltered. This is a Soul Fire production. In this episode, we're sharing raw and intimate stories of suffering and silence. Kanisha shares something she's felt silent and alone about for months. It's something you'll never understand until you're faced with what she walked through. Brooke shares one of the biggest reasons we suffer in silence as women. It all comes down to the fear we have about what other women will think about us. So, we suffer in silence. And we shouldn't. We should be able to share our truths without fear of judgment. No woman should ever have to suffer alone. It's time we start creating relationships and communities we feel safe enough to be ourselves in. It's time to stop suffering in silence. Welcome to The Unfiltered Mom. I'm your host, Elizabeth Lewis, and I am here with Kanisha, Charmaine, and Brooke. And today, we are talking about women who suffer in silence or silently suffer. And what I mean by this is probably about four years ago, and when I actually recognized this was, I had a friend say to me, yeah, every week I go out with my girlfriends. There's like six of us, and every week we go out, and we go out for dinner once a week. And I was like, first off, that's amazing. She's like, but, you know, I just found out that one of those girlfriends is getting a divorce. And I was like, that's awful. And she was like, you want to know the crazy part about it is we all have dinner once a week. And she never once said anything to any of us that her marriage was in shambles. Like never once. She was like, it's that normal surface ass bullshit where you talk about your kids. Yeah, I'm Mm. good. Um, yeah, you know, we're going on vacation. We're doing all this, like all the good parts of life, but somewhere along the way, we've missed this piece about sharing the bad pieces with our friends and why we as women choose to suffer silently. You know, like I notice it myself. I'll be fully transparent when something, when my life is turned upside down, normally anybody could tell, like, One, I'm probably not responding with an emoji. Two, I'm probably not responding. Three, you're wondering where the hell I am because you haven't seen me in any space. And like, it's not even, I don't even know if it's like I'm choosing to suffer in silent. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going through something else. Like nobody wants to know. You know what I mean? Or this is happening again. And I think that's the hard part is I think so many women feel that peace that they have to suffer in silence because they're afraid of being judged or what is someone going to think if I tell them all these things about my husband, what are they going to think about my husband? Then on the flip side, what if I say I want a divorce, then I choose to be back together with him. (laughs) Isn't this crazy? Like though, but this is legit. Charmaine, what are you laughing at? Yeah, it's, um, I'm laughing because how it plays into Um, we have another episode where we talk about shame. And that's a lot of the reason why we don't say anything. Like, I shouldn't feel this way. And again, like, what if I hate him this week and I'm ready to kill him, but the next week we work it out, we have a really good conversation and and then everybody's going (laughs) to, right. Like everybody is going to judge me. 
And for me, I know a lot of the times why I sit in silence is I call it the latchkey kid syndrome. I grew up as an only child and a latchkey kid. And I had to come home. I had to start dinner when my brother was born. I had to make sure that his shit was handled. And I could not call my mom at work unless it was a fire-wrenching emergency. Not because she didn't love me and not because she didn't want to hear from me, but she was at work. And I just couldn't call and say, mom, I'm scared of the dark or mom, I'm this or mom, how do I start this chili? I had to figure it out. And so everything I had to figure out. So it took a while for me to say that I'm in pain because I've always been like, well, if I, as long as I'm not dying, then I really don't need to ask for help mm. right now because I'll eventually figure it out. And so that's why I didn't ask for help. I didn't ask for help because I never could really ask for help. I had to always do it on my own and I had to be my own everything, you know, plus I had to take care of younger people, you know, plus this, plus, plus, you know, a a dad that was an alcoholic, like I'm doing all of these different things to where my needs were never met. So it's like, well, why tell anybody about my needs when they're not going to, that was my saying, why should I tell you about what I need when you're not going to help me anyway? And I'm going to figure out myself. And now I realize how fucking insane and toxic that is. But then that was my reality. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Same. I took care of my mom, my dad, my sister. I felt like I took care of everybody. And I think, what is it, Brooke? Is that you disassociate and just take Mm -hmm. care of things or you just like, I don't even know. The whole like gender dynamic has a play in here too. Like women are taught that you are supposed to care Mm -hmm. for other people and to put your needs last. So even in that like friend dynamic where you're sitting down having dinner, you're so focused on everyone else and their story and what they're sharing and what they're going through that you constantly kind of shove your own stuff down because it's like, okay, they matter more. They matter more. They matter more. We're supposed to care for other people. We're supposed to put other people's needs first. It's, it's that, I mean, that's the narrative we've all been given since we were little. How do we change that? We've got to change that. And Wow. Okay. So what I'm thinking about too is like this traumatic event that I had this past year that I wasn't supposed to tell anyone about because we're supposed to keep it a secret. I got pregnant and my body couldn't handle it. And we decided we also didn't want any more kids. So we got an abortion around Christmas. And you're supposed to suffer in silence because you can't talk about it, because people are going to judge you because of their religion, because they really, really, really want more grandkids, and that's all they ask you about, because they really think that you should just not make that choice. And for one, it was out of my control, (laughs) but then I had the control to be able to say yes or no. And I know that there's other moms out there that have to hold that in too. You bring up such a good point that women suffer in silence because of other people's responses, you know, and, yeah. and specifically to what you experienced, you should never have had to do that alone or felt mm-hmm. that you had to be silent. Like you should be able to call anybody you want to call and there should be no judgment and they should just sit with you in that and say, Hey, I'm here. I love you. And I support you. A lot of people don't know. They know now. Well, 
I'm here. I love you. I support you. (laughs) Yeah. But that's like not the only thing, right? Like there's so many things that we have to hold in, but that's like when big, big traumatic things happen and you're not allowed to talk about it because society says that it's bad and you can't talk about it. That makes it even worse. It makes it worse because other women are suffering and Exactly. And Kanisha, I can speak to this. You know, I, I actually was there when Kanisha shared this with 25 women mm-hmm. and out of 25 women, two other women, Kanisha gave two other women the courage to share mm-hmm. that they had also had to do it. Some women, super recent, some women, they've been carrying it for 15 years and have never told a soul, not even their husband, not anybody else. And I think what this does, Kanisha, for people, whether they agree with you or not, mm-hmm. it is not their body. It, 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 that's neither here nor there. You are giving hope right. in a space for women who are walking the same path as you that felt so alone to know like, wow, if she can do this right now on a public platform and share her truth, then I can share mine too and not be ashamed of it right? Or I can maybe share it with a close friend or do something like that. You give that hope to people. And it's, it's a fucking shame that people judge you for a decision that like, you have to live that you, you have to live with that for the rest of your life. They don't, they don't have to, you know, I'll never forget. Like, I just want to say this really quick, Brooke, when we did that podcast with you and Rachel Redman, Mm -hmm. And Rachel Redmond said, when she went to abort her baby, she said, my son doesn't have to suffer the rest of his life. I do. For the choice that I made every single day, I get to suffer for the choice I made, but he doesn't. And I think that's the thing is when can we take a step back and recognize like, this isn't about anybody else. Like this isn't about us, what I think or feel what Brooke or Charmaine or the public or whoever's listening. So if you're listening and you disagree, that's okay. That's not what this is about. This is about not suffering. Cause I bet the person listening right now, if you're listening and you're judging her for her choice, I'm sure you've made some mistakes because you are human and you are not perfect. So don't be coming mm-hmm. and listening to this. Well, if you Shame agree or you. you don't agree, right? Like that's a different thing. We just like, I don't want people to have to suffer in silence what we're talking about, right? Or alone. Right. And being able to have a safe space Mm -hmm. to do that in. That's so important. It's just to have those spaces and to create those spaces and to feel like you can trust the people that you talk to, to hold that space for you. And it's not always going to go perfectly. There are going to be sometimes you're going to share your truth with somebody And their aim is going to feel like is to make you feel like shit in the process. But I don't want women specifically to give up not sharing that story, just to be more selective about who you share it with if you're finding that experience. But yeah, not sharing and keeping that in is not a good look. It is so not a good look. It'll make you sick physically, for real, for real. I tell my husband all the time that I my job wouldn't exist if humans were better humans. Like if we could just sit with each other in hard spaces and just let people be vulnerable without trying to fix it or say the right thing or like say the hallmark 
comments or, you know what I mean? Like try to put that rose colored filter all over everything. If we could just literally just sit with someone and say, man, that's sounds really hard. I'm here. I'm with you. Like that's all, that's all you need. It's really easy. But what happens is when we're in these situations and when someone shares something, you know, traumatic and and, and hard, like Kanisha just did, it stirs something up in you and it's you wrestling with that tension of like, I don't know what to do with what this person just told me. And like, all of these things are coming up. And so you try to say the pretty thing or the thing that's like going to blanket everything and make it look nice for your own comfort. It's not comforting to the other person. They just feel shittier. It's your own comfort because you're trying to stop whatever is bubbling now inside of you. And it's so frustrating that we make it about us instead of just sitting with someone else. Like it really is easy if we would just shut up. (laughs) Like if we would just sit there and women wouldn't have to suffer. I mean, I am reminded every day of how sacred my job is that I get to hold people's secret stuff. Like they are coming to a complete stranger. They know very little about me and they are saying all of these things because they have to pay someone to not be judged. Oh, right. Mm. Oh, say that again, bro. They have to pay someone to not be judged when they share the thing. And let me tell you, they're, that they're a therapist to judge. Don't get me wrong. But I was thinking, I was like, what about the ones that do judge? They do. <laughs> they you, do. Of course. But I was like, there's a couple. Like you, you have to like shop around sometimes. Yes. It's like yeah. dating. Finding a good therapist is like dating. You're amazing though, Brooke. Oh, well, thank you. But it, <laughs> it takes a lot of personal work because we're all human, right? Like I have my own biases and judgments that I'm constantly having to work on. But the point of all of this is like we can sit with someone else like that kind of stuff that comes up for us internally when someone tells us something that's for later, like work that out later with your own therapist, your own friends, whatever that is, what that brought up for you. But to sit with someone and just be a safe space is really not that hard. And we make it really, really difficult. And I think that's why a lot of people suffer in silence. It's more so about they're already dealing with so much they can't handle your reaction. That's just something else. That's another trauma that then they're going to have to digest and work through. And so a lot of people, specifically women, just stay silent because they can't handle anyone else's judgments. They're already Mm -hmm. doing it to themselves. They're already shaming themselves. And that inner critic is loud. They don't need someone else's. I say, listen to understand. Don't listen to respond. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That takes work though. It's hard, especially when, yeah, I grew up in a family where my mother's side, it's a lot of women. And when I tell you, you have to jock for position and that that's why I don't go to family events. You literally have to jock for position who can talk the loudest and be heard first. And it's just a lot of like loud talking back and forth. We're not yelling at each other, but everybody is just like jockeying for position. And it's exhausting now that it was exhausting as a kid, but it's really exhausting now to be in those spaces where everybody like in their 40s and 50s are still trying to jock for position. (laughs) And that's a crazy thought too. Have you ever thought about, you know, being on the receiving end of hearing somebody's news and like what an honor it actually is for someone to trust you with their stuff? You know what I'm saying? Like when you can actually look at it like that, like, oh my gosh, they trusted me enough to share with me 
what they're going through and then to have people, you know, then to not feel like, or to feel that you have to share. I don't know. Like I was just thinking about that as you were talking. It's like, yeah, it really is an honor to have women want to share stuff with you. So why do we still create spaces that don't make women feel safe enough to share? The paradigm and the patriarchy. My conspiracy theory is that the patriarchy does not want us to connect. Could you imagine? Could you just imagine if women held the space for each other and all of our, you know, valleys and badassness and just like watched each other? Could you imagine what would happen in the world? And I think that's the fear. The fear is as long as we keep them small, as long as, you know, a lot of women don't understand. Just as of the 70s, we were able to have bank accounts and fucking own property and stuff like that. Like this, this whole revolution is really recent for us as we begin to step more into our power. I just think my conspiracy theory is, is that a lot of the things that are perpetuated since a lot of media is still run by white men is, you know, these real housewife shows where they're throwing shit at each other. And like a lot of that is perpetuated to like make us think this is what, what female relationships are supposed to look like. And so we emulate that and we stay broken and we stay small and we stay hurt and we stay unhealed because we don't really have an image. Like I have an image in my head, but most women don't have the image in their head of what an empowered female society would actually fucking feel like and look Mm. like, you know what I'm saying? I'd love it. I think it would be great. And I think that's why so many oh my gosh. like spaces are created, right? Like there's spaces like Detroit Mom, there's spaces like Retreat to Reclaim, there's spaces, you know, Empowered Her, different things like that. There's so many different spaces created because women desperately long for that. Like it's something they want so yeah. deeply and they don't know how to get that. Do you know what I mean? Like it's this, how do we yeah. find that? How do we get to that space? that we can do that with one another, empower each other, not gossip behind each other's backs or, you know, cancel people when they don't do the things that that you want them to do. Or or how about this? Like we want to talk shit about women or society talks shit about women who create strong boundaries. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. how dare you say you're not going to do that for me? Mm -hmm. Like, I know you can do it. It's like, just because I can doesn't mean I should, right? And so I think like, what is something we can share with women to encourage them to not suffer in silence? What are options? I think it's reframing vulnerability, that it's it's not a weakness. We've been taught that, but it's actually a strength. Like that is our superpower. Like when women get real and empower each other, or even think about for those of you who are moms, the moments with your kids, like when you're vulnerable, like that's your superpower. That's when there's connection. That's where there's freedom to be and share. And, you know, the, the relationships and the friendships that I have with other women, the ones that are deep and that I feel safe in are the ones that I have been vulnerable in. And so it's recognizing that we don't need to sit back and think the things that we've been through or the choices that we've made are weaknesses. We're not sharing weaknesses. We're sharing vulnerably. And that's strength. That's what connects us. That's what allows us to feel things and go, okay, well, maybe I haven't been in your shoes, but I know that feeling that you're feeling. Like I felt that 
you know, that, that deep sadness or that longing or that disappointment. I, I've had things in my life that I can connect with you on based on that. Mm. For me, to not suffer in silence is, for me, it took opening up even more to my therapist. And for me, it also took medication management. I couldn't do it by myself. I needed help. And once, you know, I was on, you know, trial and error of medication and on the right medication, it's stabilized me to the point where I feel like I don't have to keep everything in anymore. I would keep it all in. You get, we get super depressed, just lay in bed and not want to get out. Or when I was around people, I'd be happy, 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 and no one would know. No one would have single yeah. clue what was going on because I was just like, I'm Kanisha, and I always got to be on because of my job. I always got to be on because of I'm representing Detroit Mom or doing some Retreat to Reclaim stuff. I always got to be on because... I got to be the best mom for these kids in front of these other moms. I always got to be on because I don't want my husband to know that I'm feeling like this. So for me, extra therapy and medication helped for me. For me, it was the therapy and doing a lot of work around worthiness and enoughness. Mm. I'm still doing that work because it still tries to creep in. You know, it's still like, you know, it's not bad enough for you to say something. It's really not bad enough for you to say something. You should really wait until it's on fire and then ask for help. And just being really communicative with the people in my circle. This is what's going on. I'm having a really hard week. Can you help me? But that has just taken therapy and you learning how to use my voice and working on me. Like, you know, we said in another episode, Elizabeth, like know thyself, right? And getting really clear about what my trigger pieces are and where I feel the most unworthy and not able to speak up at and how can I work on that? So that's that's my thing for it. I'm with Kanisha on the therapy man. And, you know, if you need medication, do not be ashamed. Do not let somebody else's stories about what medication is or is not. You get whatever it is that you need to make you the best version of you for you, period. It's, you know, the more that I think about even like this, this place of like why women suffer in silence, it's like all of those things, right? And then also how can we as women be put ourselves in places to share and not necessarily worry what they're going to think about us, right? But more trusting, because I think if women have had one bad experience, with a woman, one bad. It's like all these other people, it's really hard for you to trust. Like, how do you go from, I had this bad experience and then now I'm trying to build other relationships, but not still have in the back of your mind, whether or not that person's going to share your business or have a bad reaction or not take it well, or, you know, different things like that. Like it's this place of, of suffering that in the same breath, I also think sometimes we do to ourselves, like we're our own worst enemy when it comes to it, because we put ourselves in positions, you know, our ego comes in. That's like, I wouldn't tell her you can't trust her. She's not going to, you know, she's going to tell everybody. She's going to tell everybody your business. She's judging you right now. So you shouldn't tell her she has a better life than you do. She's never experienced that. So your ego is coming in and, and doing everything it possibly can to protect you. 
And really it's so like the ego is great, right? It's there when we need it. And also it can be harmful because it holds us back as well. And it keeps us safe or what our ego thinks is safe, but really being in community with other women and being able to share and be held by other women and witness, like when's the last time you've been with a woman that you were able to share something with her and she didn't sit there and say, oh my gosh, I've been through that too, or me too. Or it wasn't like this thing where she actually listened to you. She witnessed you in what you had to say without having to interject what she felt. And I think that's a thing. We're not always listening. We're thinking about the next thing we could be saying. We're thinking about how we're going to respond. We're thinking about how that also affects us or how we've been affected by a similar situation versus actually witnessing another woman in her truth. I was like the last retreat to reclaim (laughs) because that's what happens in those spaces, I feel like. Oh, witnessing, being witnessing. Yeah. Being witnessed, not being judged when you share your truth in those spaces with the other women in that community. Well, and also thinking when you come to retreat to reclaim, we tell this to women all the time, then person next to you and every other woman in this room is dealing with their own shit. She's not worried about yours. She's coming here worried about hers. Like she's not leaving thinking about the things that you've been through. She was like, how can I get through the things that I've been through? (laughs) You know, so ah, I think that that is a big piece to it, right? Is finding these spaces that are so safe. Like, yeah, there are times, right? When someone, when you hear news from someone else, you're like, oh my gosh, like, whoa, like I can't even fathom that. And then, you take a step back and it's like, but what if it happened to you? Like, what if you walked through that? Like, I'll be honest, Kanisha, if that happened to me, I cannot have another baby. I take every precaution. And this is what I want to say too. So did you, you had an IUD. This is the news. We, the, yeah. the, the part all the, that we all didn't. The precautions, all of the precautions. Oh wait. Oh my God. Did that happen to you too? Uh, so- yeah. I had an IUD when this happened. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause something similar mm-hmm. happened to me. And it just like came loose or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And the, I got pregnant and the baby was like, the embryo was like wrapped kind of around it the IUD. It didn't go yeah. where it was supposed to. And no. the fact that I wanted no more children. So it was a double thing. Which is yeah. why I got the fucking IUD in the yeah. first place. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I thought that I was the only person that that had ever happened mm-hmm. to. Cause it was like such a freak thing. Well, here, see, we're talking about it. And I'm sure so many of you listening right mm-hmm. now are like, this is me. I'm listening to my own story, you know, and that's kind of the thing is you can always hear yourself in someone else. It doesn't matter. Like there's always pieces of someone else's story that resonate with you. And, you know, like I said, I, I don't know what I would do. I honestly, I had severe postpartum after my fourth, I take birth control. I take every precaution. What am I just not supposed to have sex? Like say I do get pregnant. Right. And that does happen. I don't know what I would do. I know that I cannot have another baby. And don't come at me with it was God's plan or anything like that. That was what I was like, no, no. Yeah, I had the doctor tell me that too. Like, what if God meant for you to have? I'm like, yeah, no, I've already got two special needs kids. I do not want a third in this holy instant, please. No, uh-uh. Like I get, <laughs> I, I see both sides, right? That's the beautiful part. We can see both sides. We can see why people feel the way they do. And then the other side of it too. But like, can we find a place where we can accept each other's choices so that we aren't suffering in silence? Or a destructive marriage doesn't mean you failed. 
your your marriage has gone to shit, your your relationship, whatever the case may be, doesn't mean you failed. It just means it didn't work. Like, can we just say that? Like, there's so many different pieces to it. Or your kids are assholes. Like legit. Do you know what I mean? So like, I think there's so many different pieces in this. And I think people are just afraid, right? Like my daughter didn't go to college. She went for two years and decided she wanted to be an entrepreneur. She's making more money than probably 90 some percent of the, the people that went to college doing her own thing and following her own desires instead of what society and her mother thought she had to do because my mother and father put that on me. You know, so I think there's just so many so many pieces of this. And if we took the time to listen to each other's stories and, and support one another and uphold one, like just hold each other, how different society would be and how much less we would suffer alone. You know, cause I bet you and I, yeah. we, I bet all three, four of us could share stories where we suffered alone because we were worried what somebody else would think about us. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and we're we're on a podcast called the Unfiltered Mom, and we still have that. Okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> we are not perfect, and I want to say this to every woman out there: it does not mean that each one of us is out there openly sharing our stories, but it's something we're working on. We acknowledge yeah. we're doing like yeah. something every single day. Kanisha, for you to share your story, that's so fucking powerful. Yeah, and I am so proud of you for being so courageous to share that with us and with other women who are probably walking the same path as you or have at some point in their life. Or know somebody who has and they're getting insight into how Mm -hmm. to support them and sit with them. And Charmaine, now you know you're not the only one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Charmaine, have you shared that with other people? I think I shared it somewhere. I think I shared it on Facebook actually when you know, the whole abortion thing was coming up and people were saying how women shouldn't be having abortion. And I shared my story where I had this medical situation Mm -hmm. where this baby was wrapped around this IUD and sure I could have carried it to term because the damn doctor, it perforated my uterus, right? So the doctor didn't put it in right. So not only do I have like this huge medical thing to where I could carry it, but somebody may not have made it through. On top of, I had two younger kids, nonverbal with autism. I got the IUD so I could deal with those two. Like there was no way that my husband and my husband was in the Navy. So I had these, uh, yeah, no, it was either I had those kids or somebody was going to die. At that point in my life, I would have ran us all into a wall, like to be honest. So it was a mental health and a physical health concern for me not to go to even try this. And I had doctors going, well, maybe, you know, you know, God does think for a reason. And I said, if you don't give me this or (laughs) I was just too outdone. So I, yeah, I shared it, I think on Facebook because I really got sick of people trying to tell women what to do with their bodies and thinking that every situation warranted a woman not being able to make a choice for herself and for her health, mental or physical. Like I normally don't share like like that's just that had just pissed me off on that day. If you like troll my my, my stuff is public. If you troll it, you'll probably find it. <laughs> you know, kind of to piggyback, Charmaine. I I do want to say this as I grew up and obviously I had a kid when I was sixteen because nobody gave me a choice. Although my mom, yeah. Said, you know, if you choose to keep the baby, Elizabeth will support you. If you choose not to, we'll support you. And like, of course, I'm over here like, I did this to myself. You know, I have to take pay the consequence. 
because that's how right. you raised, right? You, you know, you did this type thing. And whether or not my mom was like, yeah, we'll support you either way. It was still something eternal that I felt that was like, oh my gosh, this is wrong. And I think it was a society thing. It wasn't like, it was, you know, what would other people think of me if I did this? What if people found out, you know, right. stuff like that. And my life would be so different and I can't imagine doing it. But you know, I didn't have a choice. And I remember when I started working at Sinai Grace Hospital here in Detroit, and I worked with this beautiful black man, this doctor, Dr. Hollowell, if you're listening, whoop, whoop. Um, but not that he would be, but he was just, oh, I loved him so much. And I remember somehow the conversation came up and he said to me, he was like, I was like, oh, I would never, I don't agree with that. And he goes, what do you think's happened to all those babies? And I was like, well, I don't know. They're getting adopted. He's like, who's adopting them? What happens when they're running the streets yeah. or their, their moms are beating them or some family members molesting them, or they're not, they're not yeah. fed or things like that. He's like, who's taking care of those babies? He's like, because I would rather that mother abort that baby. And I know that that baby's not running the streets or not taking, you know, it's not, not taking care of. And that yeah. literally him saying that and how he said it was obviously so much more graceful, but it changed my whole perspective. Just him saying that, because even, you know, going into this era that we're in right now, are all these people that don't agree with it, are they sending money to adoption agencies? Are they adopting these children? Are they feeding them? Are they all these things? Because I'd had a real conversation with my kids to say, don't waste your food. Do you know how many kids in your school do not have food for the summer? Do you know how many kids that will go home and be in food poverty? Do you know what I mean? There's like all of these different things. And like that changed my whole perspective of, of things just in general. And I'm so grateful that he shared that with me because I didn't know I was so naive. Like I was just so naive riding on this high horse, whatever it was like, Oh, I would never do that. And now I'm like, a totally different perspective. If it happened to me, I don't know what I would do because for, like you said, the mental health purpose, I cannot go through what I did with postpartum what I did with my fourth, I thought I was going to kill myself. Like at, at one point I was like, I could just drive off this, this mountain right now. And I'd be good. Like, I wouldn't have to worry about any of this. And like to even remotely think <laughs> I would go back to that right. is scary. I, I don't want to go there. It's so scary. Yeah. And so knowing that I'm like, no. And so I just, again, Kanisha want to say a million times over, thank you for being courageous and sharing that despite what other people might think, say, or feel, or maybe give us a bad rating or whatever the case may be. Like, no, it's important we're here to we share your truth. We don't deserve to sit in silence. No one does. We don't. Mm-hmm. We should be doing this together. And I think that all comes back to like using these tips, you know, or different things that people shared with you in order not to suffer in silence. And I think one of the biggest things is really finding a group of women women or a, at least one other woman that you can be really honest and raw and real with and vulnerable you know a partner or something so you don't feel so alone or know there are spaces like this that exist that will make you feel less alone you know i think that's i think there's so many pieces to why we suffer in silence i know we've talked about that but uh does anyone else have any good little nuggets. I don't know. I just feel led to say that like if somebody is and they don't have that space, 
I have no problem with somebody DMing me. Like, I'm probably not going to be able to help you, but maybe I can help give you some ideas to find community and like share some ways that I, I found community and begin to create that. So reach out, you know, reach out. The same. I, I feel the same. I say this on every single episode, like DM us, you can DM, you know, I'll make sure in the show notes, all of our Instagram handles are there. If you resonated with one, one of our stories or multiple stories, you know, send us a DM, jump in there and share with us. Like we want to hear from you. And like, like Charmaine said, we might not be able to help you fully. Obviously we're not therapists except Brooke. And she might have availability, but, uh, other than that, like really what we can be for you is an opening, like a listening ear and someone there to support you because really that's what the foundation for me, my business has been built on is building community and supporting women and empowering them and all these things. And so if it is you and you're like, I feel so alone, you have four new friends to reach out to. And to share whatever it is without any judgment, without any shame, without anything, just really there for us to witness you and what you have to say. And if you want a response back, we can give that to you. And if not, we're just there to listen to. So just so you know that. I know. (laughs) Guys, this episode, whoa, it took a turn. So many good things I think were shared. Like, oh. You know, it's funny because Kanisha, we talked about it, didn't know when she would ever share that. We're four episodes in, Kanisha, and you're like, bam, bam, bam. I it's know. time. Um, so I hope that you guys feel part of what we have happening over here and feel like a part of our group, a part of the Unfiltered Mom Sisterhood, where we can share things that are on our mind without feeling like we're going to be judged by each other or by the outside world. And if we are, how can we change that within ourselves to know that we are enough and we are worthy and we we are worthy of sharing our story and our journey and all of these things because it's so freaking important. And I think everyone needs to hear it to feel less alone in general. So Thank you guys so much for being here. We love having you tune in next week because you know, we're going to have another bomb ass episode. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but it's going to be good. So we will see you next week and have a lovely night. Bye.